Uh, our first Bible reading tonight is from uh, Matthew chapter 5. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Uh, and the second reading uh, will be from uh, Luke chapter 10, uh, starting at verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jer Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Thank you, Michael. Uh, hello, my name's John. I'm one of the pastors here as well. It's great to see you all here. Hello online, everyone there. Uh, if you've been playing at home, I'll start again. If you've been playing at home, anyone want to take a guess what beatitude we're up to tonight? You know, take a guess. Vinny. Blessed are the merciful, well done, buddy. You get to be first in line for dinner tonight. I don't, I don't know if I have power to do that, but I'm saying it. Uh, we are going to jump in and we're going to talk about uh, what it is to be merciful, actually, and what it is that mercy is. What is mercy? We need to know what that is before we can actually be merciful. So I'm going to pray and, I, uh, and then we're going to jump into this passage. Let's do that. 
Uh, dear gracious God, we thank you for your word and we thank you uh, for the opportunity to gather and to sit under your word. Father, we pray that you would speak clearly to us tonight through your word. And Father, where, where my words fail, Father, may your spirit speak loudly and clearly. May you equip us, may you teach us and train us tonight so that we may honour you and glorify you, not just with our words, but with our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, what is mercy? Well, mercy gets a, a mentioned time and time again throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament. I thought that I would actually just show you all those areas, all those moments where mercy is referenced in the Old Testament and the New Testament to start off with. Are you ready? I'm not going to actually. It's, there's like, it's over um, 150 times in the, New in the Old Testament and almost 100 in the New Testament. So I thought I would spare you that uh, tonight. But go on a bit of a, a search and have a look. There are different ways that mercy is described. James, in chapter 5, verse 11 on the screen here, says that the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And in the Old Testament in Lamentations, we hear that it is through God's mercy that the people of God are not consumed. And you see there that we've got uh, that uh, for his compassion and mercy never fails. The word compassion and mercy often get used interchangeably. But that doesn't really help us to understand what mercy is. Well, it's helpful for us to also understand, though, before we dive too much into it, that mercy is not just something that God does. God does, doesn't just show mercy. Mercy is part of his character. It's part of who he is. I have blue eyes. It is one of the things that make me me. God is merciful. It is one of the things that makes God, God. And as his children, he calls us to be like our father to imitate him, to be merciful as he is. God shows us mercy by giving us what we don't deserve. See, you and I, as sinful people, the idea of sin is that those who uh, are rebel against God, reject God's way for life, that treat other people in the way that God commands us not to, that sin puts us at more than just an arm's length to God. It says, God, I don't want you, I don't need you, stay out of my life, I will do things my own way. Doing that, we are told, by rejecting God, we deserve to be rejected by God. But yet God, in his mercy, sends his son Jesus to die for us on the cross, to pay the penalty that we cannot pay the ransom that we cannot pay, to do what we can't do. God doesn't send Jesus down with a giant ladder and says, here's a ladder, climb the ladder so you can be friends with God again. This is how you do it. You get out there and, you know, one of those extendy ones that go up and down really high. Then get like one of those and says, climb. Now, Jesus climbs down to lift us up. He comes down to save us. He leaves the glory of heaven to die on the cross so that we would be forgiven. That is the mercy of God in action. It is not what we deserve, but yet God does it all the same. 
Mercy is something as Christians, people of God, children of God. It is something that is who we are to be. We are to be merciful. Jesus says here in the Beatitude, blessed are the merciful, be merciful. In Romans 12, Paul actually talks about how that's actually one of the gifts that God gives us. He gives us the gift of mercy, of being merciful towards others. This wonderful story I came across uh, about Napoleon. Now, I don't know what you think about Napoleon. I'm not getting into any of that, but it's just a fun story, all right? So don't judge me. And the story goes like this. There's this mother who once approached Napoleon seeking a pardon for her son. Napoleon replied, the young man has committed so many offences, so many times. In fact, he's done one in particular. He's done it twice. And he deserves the death penalty just for that. But the mother said, I don't ask for justice. I plead for mercy. But your son does not deserve mercy, Napoleon replied. Sir, the woman cried, it would not be mercy if he deserved it. And mercy is all I ask. Well then, Napoleon said, I will have mercy. And he spared this woman's, this mother's son. See, mercy is not something that's deserved. Mercy and justice are different. Sometimes they meet. Justice is something deserved. If you do wrong, if I speed home tonight and I get pulled over by a policeman and they say, you are doing 60 in a 50 zone, what happens? Josh, what happens? I get fined, all right? It's not what, there's, a, there's punishment. That is justice. We have laws, you break the law, justice. But if the policeman said, do you know what? I'm going to let you go. Just don't do it again. That's not what I deserve. That's mercy. Now, I don't think any policeman's going to do that, but there you go. And we read tonight, a great story of mercy. The story of the Good Samaritan that Michael so wonderfully read for us. And in that story, we see that this story is not about sacrifice, it's not about forgiveness, although forgiveness is an act of mercy. Okay? We'll make that clear. Mercy does lead to forgiveness, but it's not limited to forgiveness. Mercy goes far beyond forgiveness. In fact, the story that we had, that Michael read, the Good Samaritan, shows us that. And actually shows us that there are, uh, so, uh, there are at least four dimensions of mercy. And so let's have a quick look at those. The first is this, in verse 33. Thanks, Eli. We see that mercy sees distress. See, the Samaritan, he was travelling, he came where the man was, and he saw him. He saw the man in distress. The second one is this. Next slide, thanks, Eli. What it does is when it sees distress, mercy, when mercy sees distress, it responds in action. It responds with compassion towards the person in distress. See, it took pity on him. Sorry, I just went back. Thank you. Took pity on him had compassion towards him. And then the third one, 
is this. It then responds practically. Thanks, Eli. It responds practically to what is seen and the compassion in the heart. It acts. It doesn't just walk away. It doesn't see distress, feels compassion, and then goes, oh, well, what a shame. Mercy goes that next step to actually act on it, to do something about it. And this is what the Good Samaritan does. We see that he, he, he bandages the wounds. He pours oil and wine. He puts the man on his own donkey. And he takes him to an inn to take care of him. And the last part of it, the fourth one, if we go right back to verse 33, what's the very first three words of that sentence? But a Samaritan. Jesus, when he's telling this parable, he's talking to Jews. He talks about Jews. And then all of a sudden, a Samaritan pops up in the story. Now, if you don't know why that's significant, is that the Jews hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans didn't have it all right in, relationship, in their relationship with God. The Jews and the Samaritans didn't like each other. In fact, the Jews thought the Samaritans were unclean. They would actually go around their towns instead of going through them. And so the fact that this Samaritan sees beyond any religion or ethnicity shows us that mercy extends to each and every person. It is not bound to those who are like us, who like the same things as us, live in the same area of us, wear the same clothes as us, speak like we do. Mercy extends to every single person, regardless of who they are and where they come from. And so these are the four areas of mercy that we see in this story, the Good Samaritan. I've got them up here on the screen. Thanks, Eli. We see that mercy sees distress. Then it is, has a heart of compassion and it responds practically towards everyone. It excludes none. When Jesus tells his parable, he's, he tells us who our neighbour is. We are to love our neighbour as ourselves, is how the parable starts off. And Jesus tells us everybody is that neighbour. And everybody, everybody, as Christians, we should show mercy towards. Mercy is something that is not deserved. And that's what sets apart from justice, as I said earlier. Mercy is seen in these moments when we respond in ways that are not fitting with our society. We as Christians, if you're, if you're a believer and you trust in Jesus, we are called to look at those around us and to not look to, to get ahead of them or to push them out of the way or to ignore them, but to actually have mercy on them, to be merciful towards them. Mercy is more than just a feeling. It's showing compassion. It's compassion in action. It's food for those who are hungry. It's comfort for those who are sad. It's love to those who are rejected and despised. It's forgiveness to those who offend. It is fellowship and communion with those who are lonely. 
is putting your arm around someone to encourage them when they're down. Mercy is always being willing to do your part. The Good Samaritan demonstrates this so well for us. It actually shows us that mercy is, is something that means that we will get our hands dirty. The Samaritan wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. Because what we see is that the Samaritan, as he had compassion on this man who was at his worst, we see that that compassion, that mercy that he extended towards this man actually cost him. Do you see that? He, put, he gives him oil, which would have been the best sort of medicine that he could have had on hand. He used wine, which would have killed the infection and probably numb a bit of the pain. So we've got oil, we've got wine, we've got bandages, we've got room in the inn and then boarding all these things cost money right you don't just go to woolies and pick up a band-aid and walk out you've got to pay for it these things cost therefore mercy will cost it will mean that we will need to get our hands dirty it may not cost us money but it may cost us time. It may cost us the opportunity to do something we were really looking forward to do. And it might cost us in so many other ways. But mercy doesn't look at the cost. Mercy looks to the one who shows mercy to us and says, that is how I am to be. That is how I am to act. How do we become these people of mercy? How do we become merciful? Well, I'm going to say that there's no shortcuts. Sorry about that. I like a good shortcut. I've taken a number of them that turned into long cuts. What do you call a shortcut that turns into a long cut? It's not a long cut. That kind of sounds bad, doesn't it? No. The long way around. The scenic route is what I usually say. I like to just vibe directions sometimes. My wife doesn't. She's like, you've got a phone that's got Google Maps and Apple Maps. You've got all you need. I'm like, yeah, but I know it's in this direction. This is like the, the journey, the adventure of getting there. And I'm pretty sure this will be a short way anyway. It's never, but it's fun. Scenic route. Well, there's no shortcuts in being merciful. There's no life hack to make it quicker and simple. So I saw an amazing one recently. Do you know that the back of the hammer, the bit that you pull the nail out, if you put a nail in it and whack it down, it'll actually go in and you don't have to use your fingers and bang your fingers with a hammer? I'll talk to you more about it later. Great life hack. Saves my fingers. All right? Not so with mercy. In fact, I heard a, a fun story about um, everyone uh, know the product Johnson & Johnson? Yeah? The, the Johnson & Johnson shampoo, no tears, kids shampoo is the best thing for slip and slides. All right? Not detergent. Learned that the hard way. Detergent burns the eyes. The baby shampoo doesn't. And it's just as slippery. There you go. Another little... I've given you all the... You know, everything's going on here. But... Um, Johnson & Johnson, one of the former chairmen, Mr. Robert Wood Johnson, obviously one of the chairmen. He, um, he was known to be a bit of a terror when he inspected his local plants. 
And uh, on one such occasion, he would um, usually he would turn up unannounced, but the uh, the plant manager got a bit of a heads up that he was coming in about 30 minutes. So they frantically went on a big kind of clean up. Let's clean everything up. Let's make this place spotless. And they're like, all right, he's going to come in through the front door, so we need to make sure that the front door is clear and everything else and make sure we're... All right, well, we've got nowhere to put this. Let's just put it on the roof and let's just hide it up there. So we got everything off the floor and everything looks good. Now, when Mr Johnson arrived, he was furious. The very first words that came out of his mouth were, excuse this, what the hell is all that junk on the roof for? poor production manager didn't realise, the plant manager didn't realise that Mr Johnson was coming in his private helicopter to land on the roof. He tried to take a shortcut, didn't work. Being merciful, there's no shortcuts. Mercy, being merciful comes from the things that we've been talking about leading up to this moment. It comes from, that, have, comes from a heart that has first felt its spiritual bankruptcy before God, that has nothing to offer God, that knows that we're in debt to God. It's a heart that has come to grieve over its sin, that it caused us great pain to know that we have sinned not just against each other, but we have sinned against our great God. It is a heart that has learned to wait meekly for the timing of the Lord. It is a heart that, is, that cries out in hunger for the work of the Lord, of his mercy to satisfy us with righteousness, the righteousness that we need, which we heard last week. It is only in God's mercy that he pours his righteousness out on us. We don't deserve it. God pours out his mercy on us and it grows up in us like a fruit in our broken heart in our meek spirit, in our soul that hungers and thirsts to, uh, for God to be merciful to us. Mercy comes from mercy. Our mercy towards each other comes out of the mercy that God has for us. It is when we know the great mercy that God has poured out on us, only then can we turn to one another and truly be merciful. It's mercy is what mercy sees. To be merciful, we need to understand what God has done for us. So the key to becoming a merciful person is to become a broken person. The key to becoming a merciful person is becoming a broken person. You get the power to show mercy from the real feeling in your heart when you know that you owe everything that you are and everything that you have to the great divine mercy of God. It is when we get to that point, then we will be merciful. And there's no shortcuts. You can't skip the bankruptcy part and just go to the thirsty part. You can't miss the meek part. You can't miss any of it. It's only when we are truly broken and understand the mercy of God, then, then we're able to reach out in mercy towards others. Because if we skip any part, if we try to shake, 
take shortcuts, we will start to think that showing mercy is a way of us earning our salvation, earning mercy from God, and that's not how it works. Mercy is to be shown out of a broken heart that has been shown what great mercy is by God. And so I want to finish tonight by actually asking us, are there people in your life that you can show mercy to? There are many ways in which we can show mercy. It may look like forgiveness to a person who has hurt you. And that's not easy, is it? Unless you know the mercy of the forgiveness of God, we cannot truly extend mercy and forgive others who have hurt us. Last month, as we started this series in Beatitudes, I had a very dear, dear friend of mine who was a pastor. He fell in his ministry. And it's caused a great deal of hurt, not just in me, but in many people. It's still continuing. The only way that we've been able to get to a point of forgiveness is reminding ourselves of the mercy that God has poured out on us, on me, to forgive me, to forgive us. Does he deserve my forgiveness? I know lots of people who would say no. But that's mercy, isn't it? Mercy doesn't look at what is deserved. Mercy looks and sees what God has done for us and responds as God responds to us. Mercy is extending that love and that care and that consideration and kindness to those who sit on the other side of political sidelines to us. Mercy is still doing good and acting in kindness to those who think bad towards us. Mercy is drawing those near who seem far off, those who are lonely, those who are rejected, maybe even those who have rejected us. We can act towards them in kindness and in love. That is an act of mercy. Mercy enables us to forgive, but it also enables us to do so much more. The Bible is full of stories, as I said earlier, of mercy. Not just the mercy of God, but the mercy of his people towards others. If you don't know the story of Joseph, it's a story full of mercy. Joseph, who's abandoned, rejected, given up for dead because of the jealousy of his brothers, forgives his brothers and gives them food so that they will not die. David, great King David, had many moments where he could have killed King Saul, who was trying to kill him. Yet instead of acting in revenge and taking matters to his own hand, David just cut a little bit off the garment of King Saul and sent it to him and saying, I could have, but I didn't. 
I spared you. That is an act of mercy. We are able to show mercy because we have experienced it firsthand. The greatest example of all in the Bible is the words of Jesus when he said this in Luke 23, verse 34. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. What a beautiful act of mercy on God's part towards us. Forgive us, because we don't know how deep and how horrible our sin and rejection of God is. Forgive them. Save them. I don't know about you, but I'm very thankful for God's mercy. I'm very thankful that he chose mercy over judgment towards me. I'm so thankful that he sent his son, Jesus, in mercy, in love, to save and to redeem to offer us a gift that we don't deserve. Friends, tonight I want to leave us with just two things. One is, remember the mercy that has been poured out for you. The second thing is this. I want you to think about people in your lives that maybe you've been withholding mercy from. Look for those opportunities to be merciful, to see distress, to be compassionate and to act on that compassion regardless of who it is. To be merciful because you are a child of God and your father is a merciful father. Let me pray. Dear gracious God, we thank you that in your mercy you saved us. You gave us what we did not deserve. You gave us salvation through your son, Jesus. Father, we pray tonight. Pray tonight for those of us who know that mercy, that we may grab hold of it and be reminded of it again. And that we may live out that mercy in our lives as we are merciful to those around us. And Father, for those of us who don't know you at this moment, are still searching, still thinking, Father, I pray that tonight that you may reveal your mercy to us. So that we may see the beauty and the splendour of what you've done for us through your son Jesus on the cross. And Father, we pray that as we seek to be merciful as you are merciful. Father, we pray that we do this not for our glory, but for your honour, glory and praise. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.